This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. I work a ton with postpartum moms. I have been a birth fit regional director in the past, which uh, is a mix of chiropractors, PTs, athletic trainers, all sorts of things. Different movement practitioners that want to help women both in the prenatal journey and postpartum. It was where I first discovered uh, DNS, which is a rehab technique that I use in the office all the time. Love it. And that is where I started my journey into working with women's health stuff, pelvic floor, that kind of thing. Uh, one thing that I run across all the time in my office is working with people with their C-section scars. So I personally have not had a C-section, but I work with people all the time. And I think it is so common in the U.S. over 30% of births are C-sections. And just because it's common and people have it all the time, don't take away from the fact that a C-section is major abdominal surgery. And I think we need to treat it like that and treat it as a, a major thing that we need to heal from. And there are lots of different layers that they cut through when they do a C-section and from a biomechanics anatomist point of reference, uh, they also cut through some integral things that are, important on how your core functions and transmits force from the center out to, to the arms and legs, essentially. So it cuts through your conjoined tendon is one of the, one of the issues too. So a lot of times a C-section might not have been planned and we also might hold some emotional component if it was a traumatic experience as well. You know, you have to give your C-section incision some time to heal fully. But once you're healed and the skin is, um, the edges are approximated, then you can start with some gentle mobilization. And if you come into the office, you're thinking possibly more invasive mobilization. We do all sorts of techniques, but you can start off so simply that you're just indirectly moving the scar. Then there's lots of different ways. I've posted videos on my social media on how you can do it. I'm working on a pelvic floor to core fix program that's going to come out this summer that addresses it in more detail, but it's things like cat-cow, a psoas stretch to help mobilize the tissue around the C-section to slowly bring some awareness to it, slowly get the tissue to move. I have seen dozens and dozens and dozens of C-section scars and none of them look the same. So, you know, some people might have 
uh, puckering of the skin. Other people, their scar looks looks really good. And they'll say, oh, no, I don't need any work done with my C-section. They might have low back pain, pelvic floor dysfunction. They're having leakage or something like that. But in the outside, they think their scar looks pretty decent. And it's not all about aesthetics. It's not all about how that scar looks. Their scar could be very faint and very small with no puckering of the skin, no keloids or anything like that, but it could be causing dysfunction in their pore, which is going to translate to possibly instability, which wouldn't lead to low back pain or, you know, incontinence, fecal incontinence, pain with sex, those kind of things. So just because it looks like it's not too bad doesn't mean that it is. And the, the other end of that is if it, if it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing to someone, then they want to improve, improve the look of it. And that can be done with mobilization of the C-section scar as well. But again, you can start with just simple stretching, which is going to stretch the tissues around it. Graduate one little step up. You could take a makeup brush or some a little very soft bristled brush and brush over where the scar is. So you're slowly being able to touch it that way. You could use your gorgeous ball. So we use that in my videos on social media and in the office all the time. Uh, I love to do that instead of jumping right into really intense, hard foam rolling. That was super popular when I was in school and we really come around on that and the theory behind that. So we don't want to beat the tissues up like we used to. We want to go nice and slow. We don't want to assault the brain and give it all those pain signals because sometimes that makes us actually tighten up more rather than relax. So the cordless ball is an air filled, almost like a Pilates ball, and you can make it as inflated or deflated as you want. And to start off, I would do not even half full, maybe a third or a quarter weight full. It's got a little tackiness to the outside of it and you can use it skin on ball so that you would lie down, put the ball where your scar is, let that pressure kind of get used to the pressure of that being on your skin. And then you can try keeping the pressure there and then rotating around it. So it's twisting the skin, the fascia and everything like that. And then you would do both directions. And I've got videos on how to do that and that kind of thing. So that's the next step, especially if you're um, grossed out uh, by touching it with your, your hands at first. So you've got the stretching, you've got the makeup brush, you've got the gorgeous ball. So you can see how you're gradually working, like a few weeks of just stretching, maybe a month of the makeup brush, maybe a month of the of the gorgeous ball. And then you might be ready to use your hands and you want, you know, you want to motion the skin. If you're using your, your hands in all the directions, trying to feel where maybe it is pulling the most. And then you can even do some skin rolling. So you would grab where the scar is, especially if you're in the shower, because then you can use soap and then the 
it's a little more slippery and try rolling the scar and see how it's able to move at different levels a little bit differently because there's different levels of tissue that it's going through. And the other thing is that, you know, keep in mind, we talk about how much a C-section scar affects how we integrate our core. The same goes for any abdominal surgery. So if you've had your uterus removed, if you've had your gallbladder removed, if you've had your appendix removed, anything like that, and those scars are even tinier, those are possibly laparoscopic. So you think you've had this tiny little scar and it's not very important and it healed up so quick, it can still have a huge effect on how your brain perceives your core. So I work on laparoscopic scars a lot as well because the way that they get to the area that they're operating on is when you're under, they inflate the abdomen and that allows them to root around and get to where they're going. So by inflating the abdominal cavity, it can sometimes irritate the diaphragm because it's pushed up and then you're creating scar tissue as it roots around to get to the area that they're either removing or that kind of thing. So, and they usually do an incision in the belly button, which is hidden, and then we kind of forget about it, but it's an important scar to take, in, take into account as well. Um, so same idea. You can motion those with your hand. You can use the paintbrush. You can use the gorgeous ball and do the abdominal massage with a laparoscopic surgery because you can't see exactly where the scar within would be. Think of it like an iceberg. The little tiny scar is the tip of the iceberg. What's going on internally, maybe the adhesions within or the bottom of the iceberg. So abdominal massage works great for that because you can kind of work throughout the entire abdomen and see what feels more tense than other areas. So we've got C-sections, any type of laparoscopic surgery. And then I do have worked on quite a few women that have had um, tummy tucks. And that is a really widespread scar. So usually from hip to hip. And um, those are essential to get worked on because they cover a lot of real estate. And, you know, you want to, to rehab that and be able to integrate your core again. And you need to bring awareness from the brain to that area. So super important to either start some gentle self-massage for those scars or find a provider that can work with those. And once you're used to, you know, gradually working up to massaging it yourself in the shower possibly or multiple times a day, then you could uh, come into a chiropractor, physical therapist, or somebody else that does um, instrument-assisted scar tissue release. So in my office, we use rock blades, but there are lots of different um, instruments out there, Graston, Gua Sha, uh, those type of tools. And in the beauty industry, I've seen this trend where they've taken the Gua Sha tool and are using it for um, 
your face, wrinkles, that kind of thing. And it works with lymph drainage. And it's very similar to what we use in the office for scar work. And I use my rock blade for lymph work because I do a lot of lymph work in the office. But essentially, that's what the beauty tool is used for. So you could even use your, if you have a jade gua sha tool that you use on your face for your wrinkles, you could also use it on your C-section scar. Uh, it's actually, that was the inspiration behind the Graston tools that first came out. And that's, that were, those were the tools that were out when I was in chiropractic school. And now there are lots of other, other versions out there. They're all different shapes, all different materials, but they all have the same purpose. They're trying to work at that fascial level with more of a neuro background. When I was learning Graston in school, it was more like, let's beat this area up and scrape the heck out of it to break down the scar tissue or the fascia. But we know now through research that there is no way we're actually tearing apart scar tissue. You would need way too many pounds of force generated to make that happen. So it is actually more of a neuro response. So that light touch or sustained deep touch, the brain perceives the area in a different way, and then it gives that tissue a different tone. So if you see on Instagram or TikTok where they are just beating the heck out of someone with a um, Graston tool or rock blade and it's bruised and it looks gnarly, that is not necessary. <laughs> you should not do that to yourself. It is the same thing as the foam rolling super hard and creating a ton of trauma to the area. It is a little bit old school and can cause more harm than good. Um, but that's just my uh, opinion. But I think it's important to keep learning and uh, staying on top of what is more, most current out there for that information. So if you have a C-section scar, it is never too late to start mobilizing it, start stretching it. I have worked on um, a woman's C-section and then they did the tummy tuck scar on top of the C-section scars and it was 25 years old and she had chronic low back pain that we made lots of strides with by working on a 25-year-old scar. So it's never too late to work on your scar. So never think you're past the point of rehabilitating yourself. And same with, you know, if you're having incontinence or leakage and that kind of thing and be like, well, I've had it for 20 years. It doesn't matter. You can still make a good change to those, those things. And you should never kind of give up on yourself because you, just because it's common to have leakage and that kind of thing doesn't mean it's normal. So the takeaway from today's podcast, I want you guys to come away with is that no matter what point of the healing game you're in, may there be a few months or a few decades address your abdominal scars. So for the postpartum ladies, tummy tucks and C-sections, 
for the general public, anyone that has had an abdominal surgery, even if it is laparoscopic, you need to address that. And that might be a huge game changer for you if you have hip pain, low back pain, neck pain, when the core is feeling unstable, the brain senses it as danger and starts to put parking brakes on all over our body. So it could be putting a parking brake on your neck, your hips, your leg, your hamstrings might really clamp down. All those things might be in response to an unstable core. And if you can't connect to your core because you have had a scar or surgery, then you really need to address that before you can get lasting change from your other pain. So if you have any questions, feel free to drop a comment or go onto my website and email me. I'd be happy to maybe do another podcast, follow up on more scar issues. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.